0: And prevail in your fantasy football league with the help of our starting lineup at host to quarterback the show we have nick giacobi up next a dual threat in dynasty and daily fantasy
1: we have cody repass and finally working the waiver
0: wire we have nick cap these are your playmakers that will provide you with sleepers breakouts and busts to help you achieve fantasy glory this is the primetime fantasy podcast
1: Welcome everybody to episode 5 of the Primetime Fantasy Football Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, in the hopes that we help you prevail throughout the 2021 fantasy football season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobi, and joining me every week are my teammates, Cody Repass.
2: What's going on, Nick? Uh, it was a rough weekend for the old DFS machine, but... Those are the breaks.
1: Yeah, we're doing DFS talk on Sunday. We're not going to do any DFS talk today because <laughs> the DFS gods were not kind to me and Cody. Um, our other co-host, Nick Cap, who did not play DFS last week, but's probably getting in on the action this week. Nick, how are you doing?
0: I'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Week one, um, we have some stuff to talk about. We have a lot of fun stuff today. We're going to talk waiver wire. Obviously, we're going to talk about some stash or trash, what players you should drop, what players you should keep. We unfortunately have injury news that we must talk about, and we obviously do have a a little bit of a weekend recap of everything going on um, this week. So before we kick things off, we do have our normal plugs. If you want to listen to the show, and please do, you could do it on basically any podcast platform at this point, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. But if you are on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review it does mean a lot to us. Um, the show comes out every Tuesday and Friday. If you do want to watch the show on YouTube, because we do do a lot of fancy graphics and other cool stuff, our YouTube channel is Primetime PrimetimeFFPod. Um, if you do want to follow us on any social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, um, TikTok, Instagram is Prime FF Pod, and our Facebook is Prime Fantasy Podcast. Um, we do do a live show every single Sunday, eleven a.m. Eastern Time. We talk about daily fantasy. We talk about um, injury news. We had a big update with Trey Sermon during the show this week, um, and we answered your questions. We had about. 20 questions or something like that. I think we helped out a lot of people and we really appreciated that. Thank you guys for the love for joining in the retweets and everything else. So uh, we really do appreciate that. And hopefully you guys enjoy the live shows and keep on joining. Uh, so guys, let's get into it. We did have week one and I think we have to kind of talk about our week. So let's start with you, Cody. Overall, how was your fantasy weeks? Did your teams win, lose daily? We're not talking daily, but uh, how was the rest of your week?
2: It wasn't too bad. Uh, obviously, with as many teams as I have, I, I still uh, a couple uh, lineups haven't been decided or matchups. I, uh, but overall, I'm pretty happy with the week. I didn't get extremely bitten by any injury bug. Uh, I've already been hammered with injuries in the preseason, so I'll take that.
1: I do want to make this note. We're actually recording before the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Vegas Raiders game. So if anything comes out of that game, we won't be talking about it. And some of our matchups haven't been decided. Nick, how was your fantasy week? How did your teams do?
0: I mean, I went three for three on the week. uh, uh, We don't don't got to talk about me and Cody.
1: Um, Uh,
0: I'm projected to finish top four in scoring, um, but Cody wants to drop 212 on me. And Raheem Mostert wants to go down in three minutes of the football game. A little unfortunate,
1: but you know you, you you take it on the chin and we we move on. We move on. Uh, Cody, you you're the number one scorer in the league. Um, can you tell us what pick you had in that league?
2: Oh, I remember. I was dead last, and, and I got pick- Michael <laughs> Gallup as a
1: keeper. And can you tell us what your first round pick did for you this week in the league that you scored two hundred and twelve fantasy points? He was on my bench. Impressive. That's the Tyreek Hill effect right there. Um, As for me, I'm probably going two and two. One matchup is undecided, but it's looking like an L. Speaking of Ls, I do have to own up to my word. Uh, My buddy Vic on Twitter, he posts great pictures at wrestling events. I need to give him props. He defeated me in fantasy. He was the better player, even though he drafted two quarterbacks in the first two rounds. Devo Samuel took a stinky one on me just... It was bad. Um, I thought Cooper had it for me, and Vic also thought that Cooper had it for me, texting me Sunday morning that I already won after Mostert went out. But uh, Vic beat me. He was the better team. I own up to that. Um, And I have to now say that the 49ers are my Super Bowl pick. Even though they barely scraped by the Lions, the 49ers are now (laughs) the Super Bowl (laughs) over here. Um, And as for the live show on Sunday, you might see me in a red 85 jersey if Vic's actually going to send it my way. So Um, Congrats, Vic. You won. You scored the most points in the league for that week. You have Cody next week, so maybe you guys will put out a little uh, wager. Um, I did put my friend Jared on Slaughter Watch. I slaughtered him by 40 points. Sorry, Jared. Um, I had to do it to you. And as for our triple threat results that we did last week, our fantasy challenge, we all lost. Me and Cody had Raheem Mostert, so he obviously did not hit his projection. Um, and um, Nick, I think, had Matt Ryan, who Yeah, Matt
0: Ryan. Matt Ryan really disappointed us.
1: The Falcons, I am all man, out on the I'm all out on the Falcons right now. Falcons out. Uh, So that's how we did in our matchups this week. Hopefully you guys did a little bit better than us, and hopefully you didn't get bitten by any injuries, but we do have to talk about the injuries of the week. Let's get into it. We're going to start with Jerry Judy. He suffered a, uh, a high ankle sprain. The report yesterday was that he was going to be out six to eight weeks. Now he's downgraded to four to six as of today by, uh, I think Vic Fangio coach, um, announced that. So Cody, I'm going to start with you first, since you are the Broncos fan and that Jerry Judy was your guy for the season. Um, any thoughts on how this affects Judy and that Broncos team going forward fantasy wise?
2: I think it's going to affect the offense. Uh, Judy was just a was such an integral part of what they were doing. I mean, in a half, he had five catches for fifty two yards. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was looking his way; he was open. I, I I hope it doesn't affect him as much as I think it will. Uh, ultimately, I'm I'm shocked that he didn't break his ankle after watching the replay. I thought his ankle was broken. Uh, I imagine it will take him the full six weeks. Uh, Being a player that uses uh, his shiftiness and the way he runs routes, he's going to put so much pressure on that ankle. I imagine it's going to be more of the six-week variation rather than the four.
1: And even with the six weeks, he may not be um, healthy, healthy by eight or something. But even then, you go eight weeks, week nine. I mean, fantasy playoffs isn't – it's not fantasy playoffs yet, so he could still be a guy in your playoffs if Teddy Bridgewater um, is
2: still the quarterback there, if he's not hurt or anything, uh, Jerry Judy's a guy that can win you a league. If someone drops him, I would absolutely pick him If
1: up. somebody drops him, yeah, you're picking him up. That's that's somebody – we're doing Stasher uh, – what was it? Stasher uh, – Trash. Or, uh, yeah, Stasher yeah, Trash. Uh, Stasher Trash is our segment later, but we're not including Judy because you should absolutely not drop him. Um, Nick, your reaction to the Jerry Judy uh, injury news and how that affects the fantasy landscape?
0: So for Broncos fans, all you should be saying right now and, you know, owners of Jerry Judy, thank God it's not an ankle break. Um, as someone that has experienced many ankle
1: sprains and mm-hmm.
0: Nick, Nick understands, I, I've sprained my left ankle 17 times. I think, I think uh, Nick's been on
1: crutches. Man. Nick's been on crutches once every year for the past like 10 years at least.
0: <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, a uh, high ankle sprain is something that I always found more difficult to deal with, even in the basketball world. Uh, typically a high ankle sprain is dealt with much more um, severity and you will rest players more than you will risk playing them earlier because it's just an ongoing injury. So hopefully this does not uh, stunt Jerry Judy in the future, but um, hopefully the Broncos team really does rest him. You should absolutely not be dropping him. He's a phenomenal talent. He is a league winner. If someone drops him, that should be your number one waiver target. I don't care who who else you have to look at. Jerry Judy will be a league winner if he's on your waiver wire.
1: We're going to keep the injury talk now. We're going to go to the San Francisco 49ers. And, Nick, I'm going to keep you on the big screen for those watching. We're going to start with Brandon Ayuk, who I'm going to let you take this away, Nick. I host the show, but you know more information about this. Ayuk's one of your guys. Ayuk, as far as we know, was healthy before the game yesterday. I think he dropped the goose egg for everybody that had him in their fantasy lineups. Nick, what's going on with Ayuk?
0: Uh, So, based off, there were a lot of (laughs) conflicting reports about this Ayuk situation. And it was really not addressed that much. Uh, one report said that one of the backup receivers um, really proved himself and showed out in camp, so they wanted to give him an opportunity. Um, another report said that it was a, dis- a little bit of discipline because of Ayuk's uh, um, like being late to a curfew yeah. in Detroit. We, we don't. I feel like when this is going to be, you know, a hundred different stories about. Well, I, I
1: saw a hamstring too. That it's, a, it's a hamstring. Oh yeah, there, or there was, was like also that.
0: a report that there was a hamstring injury that he was dealing with from preseason for ten days. But they list Trey Sermon on the injury report versus Brandon Ayuk. It was really a confusing situation, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of that New England situation from a few years ago where it was like Bill Belichick was just playing mind games with other teams with who was healthy, who was not healthy, who would be getting touches, who would not be getting touches. And it makes me very concerned as an IU or anyone that owns 49ers you know, uh, players. And as someone that owns, I think, five or six of them across my leagues, like – I'm very uncomfortable knowing uh, that this is something that happened opening week against a team in uh, like the Lions where you expected them to absolutely destroy them.
1: Cody, how concerned are you about Brandon Ayuka and the 49ers overall when it comes to this fantasy injury perspective?
2: I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. It's just one week. I fully believe uh, at our li- on the live show, I, I said I thought Trey Sermon was inactive for disciplinary reasons, and I fully believe. Uh, From the report that I've seen, I don't have any confirmation if it's true or not. Him and Sermon both missed curfew, Uh, I believe. uh, But then again, why would they make Sermon inactive and not Ioke? I don't know. Uh, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. He's such a fantastic talent. Definitely don't just abandon ship and drop him. definitely don't trade him for an end of the bench guy that you're never going to use it's week one don't overreact maybe bench him this next week that that's something you definitely yeah. can do but definitely don't just overreact and trade him for uh, somebody that like Zach Pascal or someone like that
1: yeah I'll say this don't make a don't make a panic trade at all I don't care if you scored 90 points and the highest score was 200 do not make that trade just don't Do it. You make a panic trade right now, you're going to regret it after one week. It's one week. Anything can happen week one. I've seen crazier things happen week one, and you can't overreact. Um, Something that was a little controversial this offseason, well, just something when, when it comes to fantasy drafts is Raheem Mostert cannot stay healthy. Do you draft him? Yesterday, Raheem Mostert had just about a cakewalk, a great matchup against the Lions. He was in everybody's daily fantasy. We had him as our biggest starter of the week with running back. He was going to explode. And he was took what three snaps or something, and then he's out. Two, two rushes. The, two rushes. So the update on Raheem Mostert that, uh, that I have here, he has a chipped cartilage in his knee and is headed to the IR, so he'll be out. I think he has to be out for six eight weeks. weeks. Eight, six, eight, uh, okay. six, eight weeks. Well, I think the IR is six weeks, right? You have to be out for six. No, IR yeah, three. Yeah. IR three. Okay, so well, the the report is that Mostert's going to be out about about eight weeks. Um, Trey Summer was a healthy scratch, as far as we know. Um, we don't know what his injury would be. We think he's not injured. Good luck with that backfield. And uh, uh, yeah, We're, we're going to talk a little bit about this backfield now, but let's start with Mostert. Is, is Mostert a guy you keep on your roster? We're not doing this in stash and trash. Is Mostert a guy you even are comfortable keeping on your roster for eight weeks? It's going to be eight weeks, and they have um, Elijah Mitchell who stepped in for 100 yards and 11. a touchdown, and on Trey Sermon. Are you keeping Raheem Mostert on your team right now? Cody?
2: I don't own him anywhere. I was terrified of this exact scenario happening. Uh, it's Raheem made a glass mostert, Uh Raheem most injured. Uh, it's, I- I'm dropping him. If I had him, I would drop him. I just, even when he comes back, this backfield is so crowded, I... I just don't see a scenario where he's even usable in a twelve-team league, or you can count on him in a twelve-team league.
1: Well, which running back do you want right now? Elijah Mitchell. Um, he, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a hot waiver wire target. He had a hundred yards. It, it, he had a touchdown. Trey Sermon's still there. He was drafted probably around eight. Like, which run? I mean, do you pick up Mitchell? Especially if I, you've Sermon, you probably should. But if you don't, yeah.
2: You you can you can make a claim. Mitchell's probably the number one waiver wire target. Am I confident he's the number one running back in San Francisco in four weeks? No, but with with Kyle Shanahan, you just don't know. It could be Trace Sermon this week. It could be uh, Jamichael Hasty this week. It could be Eliza Mitchell just takes this job and runs with it. But I don't see any running back ever just clearing the way and being a bell cow running back with
0: Kyle Shanahan.
1: How about you, Nick? You are a Mostert owner. Is he somebody that you're going to drop? Like, how confident are you with Mostert on your team at the moment?
0: I'll be honest. My game plan for Mostert, as, as someone that said Trey Sermon was my number one um, late round target, my game plan with Mostert was to play until Sermon took over, and maybe look to trade him. You know, two three weeks in the season, hoping he would stay healthy and trading into one of those guys that would be panicking if you were a Zeke Saquon owner. That that's just not <laughs> the case anymore. The the dude's down. He's hurt. Um, you know, I, I I'm lucky enough to have an IR spot in most of them, so I mean, I'll leave them on my IR because it's not worth dropping someone with that value in that kind of offense. But I mean, I I would not be com- I'm not comfortable as a Raheem Mostert uh, owner knowing that week one is is when you get the injury against the team that you expected him to really feast on, as we all co- called him last week. Raheem
1: must start. Um, he was uh, you know he was yeah. most injured. Yeah. Uh, that's he's most injured. Um our last piece of injury news, Ryan Fitzpatrick suffered a hip subluxation, which is Almost like a dislocation, but it's not fully a dislocation. He's going to go on the IR. It looks like an injury. He's probably going to – we don't have a timetable. It's probably something six weeks. That's my guess at least. At, at least. Um, so Fitzpatrick's not on most fantasy rosters, so I'm not more so talking about him. Let's talk about the offense. Cody, how does Taylor Heineke stepping in or maybe even Cam Newton at some point, Ron Rivera – how do you value Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and Antonio Gibson? Are they downgraded at this point? We're going to start with you, Cody.
2: I'm not downgrading Antonio Gibson at all because he held – he had 90-something percent of snaps. He handled every every carry except for three. He carried, He handled every receiving target out of the backfield except for one. I called Antonio Gibson's absolute breakout this year. I think they're going to have to lean on him even more. They only passed for 116 yards yesterday, total, with Fitzpatrick or Heineke. Poor Terry McLaurin. I feel so bad for that dude. He is so gifted. He made a ridiculous catch yesterday. Oh, my and, God, and, sir, and, Absurd. And, and it, it looked like I threw him the ball. <laughs> like, like I, I could have thrown that ball. Like, I'm pretty sure they could go get Cam Newton, who's one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> And Terry McLaurin would make him look good. I don't know about Logan Thomas, but the position is bad. Uh Logan Thomas probably still a top six tight end. Uh, but man, I do I am a little worried about Logan Thomas. He did catch I, a touchdown to both I'm,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. I, I like Logan Thomas, I think, even more. Tyler Heinek, he's a second year quarterback. Yeah. What, what year? He's second year, right? Second. Yeah, so
2: I just think he's gonna run more.
1: I, but they lean on the they lean on those tight ends. I think that Logan Thomas could become a favorite target for Heineke. so I'm still keeping Logan Thomas up there. You have to play Terry. You probably can't trade him right now. And I wouldn't even say to trade him because he's too good. Trade I'm a little for worried him. about him though. Trade for him. Trade yeah, for if you him. if you can, if you can go get Terry McLaurin because I still think he has a lot of value. Am I worried? Yes, but I think he still has a lot of he's value. A I think he's he's a freak he's gonna get his he's just he's gonna get his he's still gonna perform it doesn't really matter at this point um he's still gonna um he's, he's gonna ball I can't out. believe
2: ryan fitzpatrick got hurt i thought his body was made out of vibranium
1: yeah he's <laughs> um he, he's gonna need he's gonna need a winter soldier arm at this point or a, a hip at least um how about you nick your thoughts on these washington and this washington offense now with uh with heineke from a fantasy perspective
0: I am absolutely upgrading Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and um, Logan Thomas. All three I'm taking a step up on. And it's exactly because the reason when Cam Newton left and Kyle Allen took over, Ron Rivera fully ran through tight end wide receiver one running back. That's when Christian McCaffrey was at the top of his game. That's when DJ Moore took over and became an actual true weapon at wide receiver. And that's when Wilson had a little bit of a bounce back, even though he was a veteran player. Was those, almost, three yeah. players, <laughs> those three players are a little uh, – I have a slight uptick on. I'm fully confident that Ron Rivera is going to use those three positions to the fullest extent. Curtis Samuel is someone I was very high on going into the season. Rookie, uh, year two quarterback, not many starts, not going to be able to manage two wide receivers. So Samuel takes the brunt of it, but I'm very confident in the other three.
1: All right. Well, luckily, that's all the injuries that we have to talk about. So now let's talk about week one. Uh, We're going to talk about our studs and duds who balled out and who just kind of disappeared. So let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray was the quarterback one on the week and impressive 33 points. All these points are based on ESPN standard scoring, by the way. Uh, Jameis Winston, the quarterback three on the week at 29 points. And Jared Goff, the quarterback four with 28 points. Uh, and then our duds on the other side are my the biggest duds we found. Josh Allen, quarterback nineteen at seventeen points. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback twenty three at fourteen points. And Aaron Rodgers, quarterback thirty two. There's thirty two teams in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was thirty two. Two of them with, didn't play yet. With one point, yeah. With, with yeah. With so so Rodgers could be the quarterback thirty four by the time the show airs um cody who is your biggest stud and your biggest dud when it comes to the quarterbacks it could be any of these guys we talked about or i mentioned or anybody else that you have in mind
2: the biggest stud is k1 it's kyler murray i'm trying prepare, to tell everyone 51. prepare he is going to break fantasy football four passing touchdowns one rushing touchdown the game blew out by the middle of the third quarter He's going to break fantasy football. As for the dud, it's gotta be Aaron Rodgers. Dude looks uninterested. He looks like he does not care. Uh he he looks like he he could, if, if he could leave right now, he would. Uh I just I, I think that place is gonna be a train wreck. There is a fly buzzing around
1: in his bugging <laughs> me um so cody what you're basically saying is if you own aaron Rodgers, you probably shouldn't r-e-l-a-x at the moment no it's it's
2: time to uh get very nervous because he it looks like he's just there
0: to get paid
1: yeah uh nick your biggest stud and dud of the week if you do have anybody else you'd like to uh to talk about
0: k1 quarterback one there we go baby me and cody we got him qb1 on the season uh, outside of that, Jared Jared Goff, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> That's San Francisco defense. I feel like I feel like he, San Francisco's defense was starting at hundred. They were they were
1: up they were up twenty one points going into the fourth quarter, I believe. And, and then and Jared Goff,
0: Jared, Jared Goff had a very Dak Prescott like game, like yeah. outside outside of the Tampa Bay game where garbage time just translated to fantasy points.
2: Yeah, you they know, might be the fantasy carnival this year.
0: Yeah, and they, they really, really
2: might. It, Goff can I, I be honest.
0: It's going to feel like a very hindsight game. I feel like everybody just rips Jared Goff and puts him away. And then it's going to be hindsight where people are going to be talking, this guy was in the Super Bowl. This guy, you know, won more playoff games than Matt Stafford. This guy's on a new team. They're going to be have the game script. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I mean, I'm not targeting him because I don't trust the Lions offense in general and with a uh, new head coach. But, I mean, it's definitely interesting and something to pay attention to. And then, yeah, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. That, that was an absolutely horrendous showing. Very like lack of care from some dude that won an MVP a year ago. Year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest Rodgers guy in general, but I mean, even if you are a Rodgers guy, I don't think you can say that you were proud of his, you know, not just performance, but his aroma, like how he presented himself in the game, like yeah. his lack of care. They they really resorted to Jordan Love, which which shocked me in general.
1: We spoke about the Duds already, but one stud I do want to mention, Jameis Winston, quarterback three on the week. I said that that New Orleans offense is going to be better off with Jameis Winston, and he didn't even have a crazy stat line. He only had like 170 passing yards. That's all he needed, though. And I know Jameis can do more. He's thrown for 5,000 yards in a season. Get Jameis as your backup if you need a backup quarterback because mm-hmm. he's just going to air this thing out. That offense is going to be fine. He'll throw to Callaway. He'll throw to Jerron Johnson. Like, they're going to be fine. I don't know how many games the Saints will win. But they looked pretty damn good, and you can't bet against Sean Payton. He just – he finds a way. So let's go to running backs. Um, The top of uh, receivers actually is next on my list, but let's go to running backs. It doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey, 27 points, was the running back one. We do not need to even mention him. Uh, Joe Mixon, he was the running back two at 25 points. Pretty impressive for a guy that was slipping to the third round in some leagues. And DeAndre Swift, a guy I didn't like, Jamal Williams, a guy I loved, were the running backs four and five. 24 points and 25 points respectively. And then the duds, we have six of them. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 5.9. Saquon Barkley, 3.7. Austin Eckler, 11.7. Najee Harris, 5.9. Derrick Henry, 10.7. And James Robinson, 8.4. I believe four of those guys were drafted in the top 15 of most leagues. James Robinson, probably in the top 25. So Cody, your biggest running back, um, uh stud and dud and if you're gonna say McCaffrey just you don't need to say anything else it's McCaffrey
2: no nah, nah, it's 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 joe mixon
1: okay did you, did I like you that. see
2: that that guy 33 touches he care he touched the ball 33 times everyone says he can't stay healthy if that guy is healthy he is a top seven running back in fantasy football that he was on the field for 94 or 95 percent of snaps there's nobody else touching that ball out of that backfield He's a ridiculous talent. Uh, I, I'm really excited. I hope he can stay healthy this year uh, to prove a lot of people wrong. As for the dud, I called Derek Henry on our live show. Uh, I'm not going back to that well. Uh, I'm going to go with not Saquon because I benched him. I'm going to go with Zeke. I, I'm. I think he's done. I don't think he's an
1: elite talent anymore. You don't think it was the defense. He, you don't think it was the Tampa Bay up front that kind of. And they don't. They don't make the offense not run the ball. Offense just didn't run
2: the ball. It's true. I, I think. I think Zeke got the contract and he's 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 done. I watched him play. I watched. I used to watch him run over people. I used to watch him look for contact.
1: Now he looks for that out of bounds barrier. What about you, Nick? Biggest stud or and dud for the running backs this week?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going Joe Mixon. You know, he was the guy in my triple threat. I said we'll outperform his projection. I, I didn't think he finishes the RB two. Uh, the overtime helped out a little bit, but the guy the guy had most of those stats before then. Um, you know, Joe Mixon is you know he he's an elite running back when he is healthy. Um, it's it, and thankfully he was healthy this week, and hopefully he can continue it for the season. Um, I mean, all these guys had horrendous weeks. Zeke, I'm a little less concerned about than Cody. There was only one play at the goal line where I was concerned. Mine is Austin Eckler for me. No zero targets. Like the upside was he had he had he had eleven point seven without any targets, which is incredible for Austin Eckler. But Austin Eckler gets zero targets. What is the way that this offense is looking to go? Are they are they going to look down the field? Are they going to like what what's their game plan? Um, You know, it could be the same thing where Washington has a tough
1: defense. So, maybe Herbert
2: threw it forty-three times. Yeah, they, they one just, ball was to yeah, and that.
1: And I think Eckler leads the league in target. Uh, McCaffrey, Camara, and, and Eckler. Usually, it's those three. So that's very concerning. Um, if you're an Austin Eckler owner, I know he was banged up, but still, that's. I mean, we're that's talking
2: wheelhouse. We're talking a five-point day. We're talking a, a mm-hmm. miserable day if he doesn't get that touchdown. Yeah. Yeah that that one that one did slip my mind when I was thinking of duds. Uh, but man, no targets. That's yeah. I, I want to see this next these next couple weeks uh, because last year I believe to start the year, uh, well they had Tyrod Taylor and never mind. Uh, I take mm-hmm. that all back. Tyrod Taylor wasn't targeting him.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean I mean look I, that that's definitely one of the biggest concerns that's got to be here. A guy that you expected to be a PPR machine had no PPR upside in the week one. <laughs> So he was a standard, a he was a
1: Derrick Henry. Uh,
0: and then and yeah. then the other, I don't think Najee I, as much. I, I'll
1: I'll, ju- I'll jump in here because I want to, I want to, um, give my dud because Najee is going to be my dud. I had him on one team that I actually won. Um, 5.9 points that just that, that worries me. It worries me that Steelers. Team that plays defense should be running the ball to win games, and they really weren't. Nothing could get going. He dropped an easy one close to the red zone. Looked like the balls. Came, 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 and boop, and out, and it could have been a touchdown that would have kind of saved his day. I'm not panicking. He's a rookie running back. Um, tough defense against the Bills, but Najee did. Um, scare me a little bit. Uh, for my stud, it's these Lions running backs, uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I've loved Jamal Williams as a sleeper. Both of these guys over 20 fantasy points. They each had eight receptions on the day. Um, the stats here, I'm looking at them. Swift eight for 65, Jamal Williams eight for 56. That's receiving. They were the top three receiving leaders with uh, TJ Hawkinson and a uh, running, uh, Jamal Williams nine carries for 54 yards, Swift 11 for 39. Um, these are guys you might be able to actually put in your lineups. If you're in a situation that you need a running back, Jamal Williams, you could slot in. You're probably starting swift anyway, but I was really, really um, impressed when it came to that. So um, th- they really impressed me in this one. Um, we're going to gloss over tight ends real quick. Um, we're not really going to talk about it, but our uh, biggest studs are Gronk 29 points, tight end one TJ Hawkinson tight end two, twenty-five, 25 Dallas Goddard, Dallas uh, Goddard tight end five. Um, 14, we did have Goddard as a guy that you should start. So hopefully you listen to us on that one. And as for the duds, George Kittle, 9.8. That's just not enough for a guy you probably draft in round three. Um, and Kyle Pitts, 7.1. It's not bad. I mean, the game script didn't really um, allow him to – just the way that they didn't score. Um, Cody, just real quick, are, are you worried about Pitts or is this just week one rookie? I'm not worried
2: about Kyle Pitts in the slightest. Uh The Falcons just couldn't move the ball. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen from an offense of that caliber. I'm not worried about Pitts at all.
1: Yeah. Um, we're going to go to receivers now. So the wide receiver one on the week, Amari Cooper, 38 points. Tyree Kill, the wide receiver two with 37. Debo Samuel, the <laughs> wide receiver three with 31, who murked me. Uh, Corey Davis, the wide receiver five, who we all said to play with 26. Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver eight with 24. I, I was avoiding all the Giants. Um, and then on the other side, Calvin Ridley had eight. Tyler Boyd had six. Julio had 5.9. And Mike Evans, 5.4. Cody... Give me your biggest stud. It's not much to talk about the stud. And then give me a little bit more analysis on the dud.
2: For me, the stud is is Amari Cooper. Uh, I was worried that his ankle was really going to hinder him. And he looked very good uh, before Michael Gallup went down. And then he shouldered a massive target share after Michael Gallup went down. Uh, and as for my dud, man, it's hard not to go with Calvin Ridley. Everyone yeah. was talking about just how how big of a breakout this kid was going to have. Uh, no Julio Jones. They bring in Kyle Pitts, so they, you can't double-team Calvin Ridley. Eagles secondary, and you only get four catches. And you have those four catches in the first quarter. He just he disappeared.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nick? Stud and dud. I think I know who you have to go with for the stud here, but I'm interested in your dud.
0: Uh I mean all of them are studs. I I want to talk about Corey Davis. So I'm going to. Corey Davis, absolute stud on the week.
1: Uh, yeah, all What us a fans. bad sport. What a bad sport. <laughs> Nick Nick faced Tyreek Hill this week, and he he um, lost again to Tyreek Hill. Let, just, let me correct, just so the audience knows. Let, let me
0: just correct um, something real quick. Tyreek Hill averages 225 yards per game against me in the past <laughs> few seasons. Um, I played Amari Cooper this week. I was so hype about it, then had to face Tyreek and Debo in the same line. Woo, so, we all said it. I wonder who had that lineup. He's definitely not uh, at CRE, SDFS. DFS.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I'm going with Corey Davis. Corey Davis has to be my stud this week, and it's purely because my expectation was not the end zone. It was for him to get a ton of targets, and he did not have the targets when the Jets receivers were underperforming. Like I think they had they had five drops in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, but it was absolutely horrendous showing from the receivers outside of Corey Davis. It's very obvious that Zach Wilson is going to abuse him as his wide receiver one in the coming weeks, and he's going to lean on him more with the duds at the rest of those positions. We got to talk Calvin Ridley. I mean, what, my, I mean, you could talk about that whole Falcons offense. Um, we we talked a lot about how in between the twenties Julio was the guy, and how you know we thought Gage Ridley and Pitts would have to pick up the load. And none of the three were up to the challenge against a pathetic secondary. Like that, that was absolutely horrendous. Calvin Ridley completely underperformed. You're drafting that guy as a top five wide receiver, and for him to finish with eight points is horrendous yeah. in a game you expected him to really show yeah, out. Yeah.
1: Uh, for me, um, you talked about the biggest studs already, so I'm going to talk about Sterling Shepard. He had 24 fantasy points. I'm looking at the stats now. He had nine targets, caught seven of them for 113 and a touchdown. Look healthy. I'm 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 all out on the Giants this year. I really was because I was all in on them last year. I was in on Shepard last year, but if he's on your waiver wire and he could be, go get him. That's all I'm going to say. Go get him because I think he's gonna he's going to be their wide receiver one um on the season. And as for my dud, Julio Jones, we all said you play him because he shows up. He didn't show up. 5.9. The Titans, the, Titans, the, Titans, the Titans looked abysmal. Um, they have Seattle next week. Seattle's defense looked good, but the Colts are not very great. So we don't know what's gonna happen there, but um we, we gotta see where the season goes. But Julio definitely um is my great, dud. Um is, is my dud for the week. Um those are studs and duds. We're going to kick it now to the waiver wire. Um, we have six guys here um, if you're watching the show, and hopefully you're on YouTube. Um, we have six guys here that we really like, but I'm going to read them off to you for the audio. We have um, – and we're not talking about Elijah Mitchell. We did say he could be the number one on the week, so throw him in there too, Elijah Mitchell. He's not really owned in any leagues, but Elijah Mitchell could be your number one. Then we have Mark Ingram, who's currently owned in 11% of the leagues. He had 14 points. Uh, Tim Patrick went owned in 0.6% of the leagues. He had 13. Um, Zach Pascal on the Colts is owned in 2% of leagues. He had 20 against the Seahawks. He dominated the target share. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, 30% owned in leagues. He had 18 against the um, against the Dolphins. Jawan Johnson, tight end for the Saints. He's owned in 1.3% of leagues. He had 17 against the Packers, two touchdowns. And Tony Jones Jr. is owned in 14.5% of leagues. The backup to Kamara had six points, probably in deeper leagues. So, Cody, who's your number? We'll go one and two. Um, give me your number one and, and give me some analysis and then give me just a number two that you like. If you don't get that number one.
2: Well, number one should be Elijah Mitchell. If he's available, I uh, out of this six that we, that Nick just uh, named, I'm going to go with Aguilar at, at the number one spot. Uh, he looked good. He he looked like he had a, a good connection with Mac Jones. Uh, I, They're dying for a wide receiver one uh, in that offense. Everyone thought it was going to be Jacoby Myers. Aguilar is going to be available. Obviously, he's only 30% owned. It's very likely he's available in a lot of leagues. I think he can sustain a wide receiver three campaign. As for my second, I'm going to go with Tony Jones Jr., uh, the backup to Alvin Kamara. I watched a little bit of that game. He was getting a lot of run before that game got bad. And a lot of run near the goal line. I think he slotted directly into that Latavius Murray role, and he's got fresher legs. He may, as the season wears on, he may get a couple extra carries each game because they're not they're going to try and save Kamara for the long run, saving for the playoffs or whatever. Tony Jones Jr. is definitely a guy to put on the bottom of your bench because if something happens to Kamara, that offense. Whew, he, I mean, he's a top ten running back.
1: How about you, Nick? Your number one and two waiver targets. Again, Elijah Mitchell's there, and Christian Kirk's another one that we didn't mention, but he also had 20 points and like five targets or whatever. So uh, your number one and two waiver targets you're looking at this week.
0: My number one is Tony Jones Jr. I'm, I'm following with Cody. Um, the guy had a ton of workload. Um, the, the team cut Latavius Murray, which clearly said they had someone that they trusted. Tony Jones clearly is that guy. It kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago where they had that Mark Ingram uh and then Kamara kind of stepped into the role that Kamara couldn't or that um, Ingram couldn't in the pass catching. Tony Jones looks like they may start as the season progresses. maybe look to him to be the running back and Kamara to be the receiving back in that offense. And you know that he is the guaranteed handcuff knowing that Latavius Murray is out. So Tony Jones has the massive upside of being um, a top running back in a good offense being and the guaranteed handcuff to uh, a number one guy. My number two is Jawan Johnson also on the, uh, on the saints um, with the tight end position being as thin as it is. Um, it's hard to find that many guys that are going to be true red zone threats. And Jawan Johnson just was that in game one against green Bay. Um, the team, the team got ahead the two running backs combined for, I think 35 plus touches. Um, so when it is more of James's passing offense, even though James had the massive week, um, they're going to look to him more in the red zone. And we saw Callaway, uh, fade didn't perform as well so if you want a receiving option at tight end that presents massive upside there you go he's right there
1: For me, it's Elijah Mitchell. If you have the number one waiver, you have to go get him and just take that chance. Um, But I really like Zach Pascal against my Seahawks this week. He had uh, four receptions on five targets. He led all receivers. The the reception leaders were actually Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, and I own the handcuff in most leagues. Hines might be playable in in, in flex spots. Um, But uh, Zach Pascal for me – Four receptions, 43 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's developing chemistry at Wentz, and Wentz has to throw to somebody. I think they're going to get into a rhythm at some point when that offensive line gets healthy, and as long as Carson's healthy, I think Zach Pascal could be the guy that's catching uh, passes from him. Um... Before we end this waiver segment, Cody, you're the resident Broncos fan. We have Tim Patrick here, but KJ Hamler's also there. If you're looking at a Broncos wide receiver to fill that role, Cortland Sutton's going to be the one for a while. Which Broncos wide receiver would you rather have, Tim Patrick, who we have up here, or KJ Hamler?
2: Tim Patrick, 100%. Last year, uh, when, when Cortland Sutton tore his ACL and was gone for the season, Tim Patrick stepped up massively. This is a contract year for him. Uh, He had a touchdown yesterday. Uh, He's a big-bodied receiver. He high points the ball. Uh, The offense – or Pat Shermer, sorry. Pat Shermer loves him uh, as a receiver. He'll play outside a lot. K.J. Hamler dropped a 50-yard touchdown with no one around him yesterday, and I didn't see him on the field after that. Uh, He battles that. Uh, he, He has concentration problems. I like Tim Patrick. If you're in a deeper league, he can give you wide receiver four or very low-end wide receiver three numbers consistently. And if he gets in the end zone, he might be a full-fledged wide receiver three.
1: All right. Well, that is our waiver wire segment. Hopefully you got your number one waiver and hopefully you guys can... uh... You know, benefit from this, and hopefully we all get the waivers that we want, and they um, do show up for us in the coming weeks. Our final segment is going to be a rapid fire, almost like we did last week. Um, and we're going to go stash or trash. We're going to name—I'll name a player, and I'm, I'm going to let these guys tell me in one or two sentences: Should you keep this player on your team? Are you stashing him, or are you trashing him to the waiver wire for one of those targets that we just talked about? So, first one: Marquez Callaway. I think had two points. Abysmal, Cody. Are you stashing or trashing Marquez Callaway? I'm stashing him.
2: I was wrong. <laughs> I'll admit it. Uh, I I I just love his uh, his connection with Jameis Winston. Brighter days are ahead. You're keeping him, Nick.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm stashing uh, Marcus Callaway. Me and Nick both talked about our worries with the uh, J.R. Alexander matchup, and cl- clearly it showed. Um, I'm still stashing him. I trust him in the other weeks.
1: I'm stashing him, too. I have him in two leagues. I'm not worried about him facing Jair Alexander, just like I'm not worried about Darnell Mooney um, going up against that tough Rams defense. So I'm stashing Callaway and hoping that Jameis does give him a lot more targets in the coming weeks. Next up, Russell Gage, one of Nick's guys on the year, had zero points on two targets. So, Nick, stash or trash on Russell Gage?
0: I think that the Falcons are going to have to figure out a different way. I'm still trusting Russell Gage. He's still my guy for the year. I think that this was just an off week with a new coach and they, they're just going to have to figure out a different system to get through the twenties. And if, if it is gauge that does become that guy, he has the massive upside of take, ascending um, in that role. So I'm still trusting Russell gauge. I'll leave him on my bench for a couple more weeks. And if it doesn't pan out,
1: you'll hear my decision. How about you, Cody stash or trash Russell gauge? He's
2: a stash, but ask me again next week. And if he has another flopper-dopper, uh, he is going directly into the trash bin. I don't know how many players this offense can sustain. Uh, Mike Davis looked pretty good. Cordell Patterson rose from the dead uh, and played actually well out of the backfield. Uh, one more
1: week, we'll see on Gage. I'm with Cody on that one. Ronald Jones, the running back position is very thin, but he had a terrible first game, 1.4 points. Cody, is he a stash or a trash?
2: I've already said I hate that backfield. Uh, he is hot trash. Get, it, about, get him off your team. How about you, Nick?
0: Yeah, I'm with Cody. I mean, once he fumbled that ball, you knew Bruce Arians wasn't giving it to him. When, Giov- when Giovanni Bernard is healthy, healthier, he's going to assume that. How can you play him? Like how? how could you? I think I'm gonna
1: I'm, a, I'm gonna stash him unless I could get Elijah Mitchell or um or if I could get uh, Mark Andrews or Tony yeah. J- one of our three waiver running backs that we had there. If you could get one of them, I would dump. I would consider dumping. I just
2: it's hard. It's, it's hard tough. because it's he, tough. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want
1: to dump him. I don't want to dump him after one week. It's one week. It, yeah. I don't want to dump him.
2: I mean, it's hard. Because he's a four net injury away from being the guy, yeah. but man, I could I could never imagine actually putting him in my lineup unless I'm in like a twenty team league.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. How about Rondo Moore, second most targets, tied for that with Christian Kirk, four receptions, sixty eight yards for ten points. But that offense is loaded, so uh, stash or trash, uh, Rondo Moore, Cody. Uh, he's a stash. That kid is the elect the uh, energizer bunny. He
2: is so good. Cliff Kingsbury runs four wide. I'm leaving him on my bench. If you, I hope people drop him in my leagues. How about you, Nick? Stash or trash?
0: Give me more, more. I love Rondell more. I love that offense. I love K one. I'm, I'm sticking with him. I think, I think you know, the fear was the crowded offense, but he's still super talented. And I, I, I mean, I, I love him. I love playing him. I love holding him on my bench, and we'll see what go- happens from there.
1: I'm stashing him too. I want a piece of that Arizona offense. That's the only piece that I have. I think I have him in three leagues, so I'm stashing um, Rondo Moore. Um, Another one, a similar situation, Terrence Marshall, third most targets, three for 26, five points. Um, Is he somebody that you were going to stash in your leagues, Nick?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm stashing Terrence Marshall as well. Same kind of situation, crowded offense, um, but still has the talent there. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson only saw the one target on the deep attempt. Maybe he saw more than one, but he only had the one reception on the deep attempt. So maybe they will look another way, and they'll see what they could do with this kid. So I'm going to trust him. I'm going to stash him.
2: How about you, Cody? I am going to stash as well. Uh, he, he got numerous uh, red zone attempts. Uh, they targeted him at least two times within, like, the 10-yard line. Uh, he converts those. He has a great week. Uh, I, I do not see a, a scenario where you're trashing him.
1: He had six targets behind McCaffrey and uh, DJ Moore. I'm not that worried about him, so I am also going to stash him. How about James Conner? He had 16 attempts, 53 yards, only 5.3 points. He's behind Chase Edmonds. Is this a guy you're stashing or trashing, Cody?
2: He's trash. Been trash. Uh, he, I, I, I remember when he used to catch the football. Now, he's not going to catch the ball ever in Arizona. So he is a straight, standard player, Uh Arizona is not going to run the ball. They're going to throw it. He's trash. How about you, Nick?
0: I would, I would, I would attempt to trade him for um, one of these other receivers that we just. I
1: don't with. think. I don't think you're getting a trade off of James <laughs> Conner. Uh, let <laughs> me know who's trading I think for him.
0: Trying to find a way, but I mean, I, I hate the guy, but I think he still has the name value. So, and the sixteen attempts might be alluring to someone.
1: I'm uh I'm trashing him. If you could get Mark Ingram, Elijah Mitchell, like Zach Pascal, like these other guys out there, um, I'm dropping James Conner. Um, Nick, what about Michael Carter? You brought him up, and we were putting our show notes in. He was a Jets rookie running back. Um, are you stashing or trashing Michael Carter?
0: As my, I, I feel like I have to for one more week, but I was so disappointed in the attempts. He had so much buzz and just not not a lot to show in week one. So, but I was, how
1: about
0: I was, you for the week?
2: I'm stashing him. Uh, for me, I, I look for those young running backs that, that have a lot of pop to them. Uh, I think he has a ton of talent. I am worried about them getting behind in games. Uh, I mean, he can catch the ball, but I don't know how well they'll use him. Uh, but he is definitely a stash. Don't don't give
1: up on him yet. I'm with that too. Week one, there's not many guys I want to give up on unless you draft them in rounds. Fifteen or later, and they just especially a young. Guy yeah, like that. yeah, especially if they're young. Yeah. Um Last one, I'm going to throw up here. Sony Michelle, two points. We were worried he was going to eat into Henderson's uh carries. He did not. Is Sony a stash or a trash? He's next. trash. Oh, Cody, Cody, you go first. He's trash.
2: He didn't touch the field until uh, like their third to last play. Darrell Henderson played the entire game. Now, granted, Henderson, well, he he's next to him. Uh, most injured uh, about getting hurt. So Sonny Michelle might be a league winner uh, on the waiver wire, but I imagine a lot of teams are going to be dropping Sonny Michelle. How about you,
1: Nick? Stash or trash ton- uh, Sonny Michelle?
0: I'm not riding with it. I thought he was going to seep a lot more into Henderson's usage and it, it not at all. Feels just like a backup.
1: Yeah, he feels like a backup too. Henderson still seems to be the guy. So as long as Henderson's healthy, I think he will be um, the guy over there with the LA Rams. So that is our show for today. Hopefully we guys helped you out whether it comes to waiver targets. Hopefully we helped you with stash or trash. Um, hopefully the injury news, like anything we did today, hopefully we did help you and you enjoyed our show. Uh, for Friday show, we're doing another question segment, a Q&A. We're going to post that on Wednesday. So if you have any questions, please let us know. So we'll answer any questions on our Friday show. Um, if it's too early for questions, we'll answer all your questions this Sunday live, 11 a.m. Eastern time, as we will every single Sunday on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Facebook for our live show if you want to listen to the show and please do again we're on uh, spotify apple podcast google podcast just about everywhere shows are tuesdays and fridays if you like the show send it to your friends send it to your leagues um if you will shout people out on the show that want to send us our lineups and other stuff um so that'll be a lot of fun and if you're on itunes again five star review um it does really help a lot if you want to follow us on social media and support us twitter and instagram TikTok, primetime ff pod the youtube page is primetime fantasy podcast the facebook page is prime Time fantasy pod, uh, Cody. I know you got to get out of here, so any last words you want to say? Sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, <laughs> he had to do it to him. Um, it's the uh, I'm sorry, I loved you, and then it's just <laughs> he tossed <laughs> had to the,
2: send him into retirement.
1: Yeah, it just there you go. Uh, Nick, any last words from you?
0: Hey, it is what it is. I'll bounce back in week two, and I, I, I hope to meet you again in those playoffs. So I'll be um, ready.
1: I forgot to shout out my buddy, Jake. We have a very qu- uh, close matchup right now that's going to end on Monday Night Football. It looks like I'm going to lose. So, Jake, um, assuming you do win, congratulations. Um, you you handled me this week, and my team did not uh, perform. So I didn't say that, say that at the beginning of the show, but I do want to give you your props because you had a great week. Um, and that's our show. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys on Friday. Week two coming up. Let's get hype. I'm excited for it. Thank you again. And Friday. Next time we'll talk to you. We're out.